Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Podcast of Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Cheese Conrad, alongside Hollywood Heath Pierce and Charlie Chookwagon Davies. And today we welcome the return of the European football and foosball because it signals the beginning of some new adventures for players in the U.S. men's national team player pool. And once at all different phases, I'm talking some who are locked in starters, some who are trying to become starters, some who are just trying to get on the goddamn roster. So there are a lot of games and players to preview as the Premier League. League uh, and the Bundesliga all get started this weekend. Now, if you had to name one player, Charlie, I'll come to you first. It has the most pressure and the most eyes on him out of everyone in our player pool this weekend. Who would it be and why is it Brandon Vasquez? <laughs> I set him up. Yep. I set him up. I set him up. Nice. Uh, <laughs> f- for me, it's Ricardo Pepe. Ooh. He nice. he has the most pressure when I'm looking at this group of, of players with, with each match because Jesus Ferrer is balling. You have... Players like you mentioned, Brandon Vasquez, who are doing really, really well in MLS, who are scoring goals. If that continues and he he doesn't take his opportunity in Germany and, and kind of ends up on the bench, not playing, not scoring, then all of a sudden, all of what he was able to do during World Cup qualifying gets forgotten really quick. And that and that's that's the at the end of the day, that's what it means to be a striker. That that's how it goes. What have you done for me lately? And so for Ricardo Pepe, every match, everyone's going to be tuning in. Everyone's going to be watching, seeing how many minutes he's played, how many shots did he have, how many goals or assists. So at the end of the day, I think that's the player who, who has the most pressure on him in the player pool right now. Okay, Ricardo Pepe has not, I just want to put this out there for context, has not started any of Augsburg's preseason games. Or maybe he's had one early on, but ever since then, he's been coming off the bench so that is mm-hmm. one of notes and obviously we'll get into him a little bit more as the show continues Heath how about you though any any name that jumps out of you that you that you're feeling the heat and they got to perform because all eyes are on them I mean it's Ricardo Pepe I as Charlie was talking I remembered that I was kind of like thinking he, he brought up Jesus Ferreira who signed a new deal and is thriving off of that new deal and still has plenty of time in his career to make the next move after that but mm-hmm. is understanding the situation making the most of the situation of his new deal and then I think about Ricardo Pepe's situation. Sorry, putting something down. Of when he 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 left. Uh, by the way, Jimmy, I know that you were trying to get a, a Ricardo Pepe, but I got one yesterday uh, while you were, you were busy. Uh, so hopefully this is this is worth some money. Uh, but 
for those of you listening, I yeah, I yeah. If, I'm doing a tops uh, giveaway, everybody. Uh, Hit me up on Instagram or yeah. Twitter to enter to win. But I'm giving away a whole box of Bundesliga cards. But keep going. But, I did, I did yeah. wanted a Ricardo Pepe and I didn't get one. Go ahead, Heath. Ooh. I didn't yeah, get one. I, I I got the I got the Ricardo Pepe. I don't know if Charlie's gotten one of those, but I also got this Julian Green. Uh, Julian Green. Speaking Ooh. of uh, Julian Green's dad, who's who's obviously watching right now. Uh, if you want this card, uh, it's, I got it's, a Julian uh, Green as well. Just oh, nice. Okay. Anyways, so like, when Charlie was saying that, I was I was remembering when Ricardo Pepe was leaving. You remember it was it started to get a little contentious, and he had a great relationship with FC Dallas. Probably could have gotten a a a massive DP deal to stay or stick around, but then started to force the hand and said that he wanted to move, told the club he wanted to transfer. And then to see it end with Augsburg, obviously didn't play out the way that you want. He now, he now has a very difficult challenge of trying to write that because uh, as, as we learned from Steve Trundle, the challenges of being in a club like, like, like Augsburg. Um, but he has the most pressure for me for sure, because if he is anything that I think that he could be, he has to find a way to get on the field and score goals. Uh, and as, Steve mentioned yesterday, for those that didn't listen, go go back and watch or, or, or listen to that podcast. He talked about like defaulting towards the veterans, you know, when things are not going good. You Or I, maybe it was one of you guys that said it, but it's defaulting back to the veterans when things aren't going well. When things are going well, you get minutes. When they're not, you throw the veterans back in. And I could see that being a situation that he faces throughout the year as they're looking to get results in their first four or five games of the season. They might go with guys that they know that might not have the upside that Ricardo Pepe has, but have the experience to to try to get them points to stay in the league or get good positioning from the start. So big, big, big shoes to fill. Uh, we'll see if he does it. Well, if you want to watch Ricardo Pepe, his team, Augsburg, takes on Freiburg on Saturday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time is kickoff on ESPN+. We'll give you any of those times that you want. Now, if you're listening to us live or watching us live on the YouTubes, uh, hit us up in the comments as to which player you think in the U.S. Men's National Team player pool has the Jimmy, biggest give, Jim, give us yours. I'm going yeah. to. I'm going okay. to. Hit us up no, on Twitter. ISWT pod. Come on, Jim. I, I, <laughs> I think Ricardo Pepe, I don't want to go hitting that well one more time for you guys. He's in my top three for sure. Jordan Pifok, though, at Union Berlin is an interesting one for me as well. Obviously coming off the Swiss Super League and being the golden boot winner for there and playing against Herzog Berlin. So they're already starting with a Berlin derby here in the Bundesliga. That's another game that kicks off at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time on Saturday, ESPN+. Plus. So... It's a big opportunity for him because if he can get off to a hot start, then maybe he'll quell some of the, I don't know, questions around whether he's good enough to play for us or not. And, and I, and I want to see him do that. So I'm curious to see if he starts. That's first. And then secondly, how he does within that start. Because we need him to do multiple things. We need him to hold up the ball. We need him to get on the end. We need him to do everything. That's what we want out of our number nine. And I'm curious to see how he performs in his first Wait. ever game in the Bundesliga, by the way. He's making a, he's making a switch to a new league. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important to note. We have, uh, I want to see Eric Palmer Brown. I thought he finished the, the season really strong with Trois in Liga, And he didn't do great with his minutes for the U.S. Men's National Team in June. Mm -hmm. Friendlies uh, against Uruguay in particular. That's a tough one to be thrown into. But it's sink or swim time for a lot of these guys, even at the club level. And, and I'm very curious to see how he starts with Trois and if he starts in the middle of the back like he did before. And, and because I still think that center back spot is wide open. Speaking of which, Cameron Carter-Vickers is going this weekend. We have uh, Chris Richards, who will be going today against Arsenal. I don't know if he's going to start. And I think it'd be really interesting if Chris Richards did, because he just signed eight or nine days ago. And for him to make a big jump to a new league with a Crystal Palace team that was the seventh best defense in the Premier League in the center backs. There's just no way, there. though. There's just, just no way. Unless there's an injury or something, there's yeah. just no way you start him over 
the center back pairing that they kept from last year that are young and have the experience and you're playing against Arsenal as an opener. I, I hope I'm wrong. I, uh, yeah, I hope I'm wrong to too. Wrong. And, and then but. there's, there's, there's an interesting one for me. And I think this is the one that maybe we, we should care about the most. I mean, Christian Pulisic, I guess is in there because we just don't know his future with Chelsea and we can get into all these other guys, but Gio Reyna. Now you have Borussia Dortmund taking on Bayer Leverkusen, which is a hell of a game to start the season, by the way, mm-hmm. the game's going to be on ABC on Saturday, 1230 PM Eastern. Make some time for that. Gio Reyna's only played 45 minutes, or he started the last game in 45 minutes. I don't know if he's going to start, but their new but old manager, Edin Tursic, who was an interim for a while, now he's now he's the full-time guy, has come out and said publicly he's going to play Gio Reyna centrally, and I think that's of note for us to pay attention to. Massive. One, is he starting? How does he look when he's starting? Is he is he is he does it look like he's trying to protect himself from the, all the injuries that he has? You know, where is he at mentally and emotionally due to his physical ailments? And then, and then how does he look centrally? Because I think that will play a pivotal role in terms of how he lines up for the U.S. men's national team. So I just gave you guys about 18 names, but those are yeah, little storylines that I'm looking at. Uh, uh, Charlie, I'll come back to you. I mean, of the players that I mentioned or any other ones you want to mention, I mean, there's like a long list of guys to get into here, but uh, well, I, Gio Reyna mm-hmm. is really interesting for me for a lot of different reasons. Well, I, I think when you, when you phrase the, the initial question, which was, who has the most pressure yeah, on right. them. Pressure is different than eyes. Right. right? So that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Re- I think it's Ricardo Pepe in, in terms of pressure right. to, to succeed given what you, you gave us in the world cup qualifying. But in terms of there's rumor, pressure, by the way, of Giorena being shopped around, you talk about pressure, like he's being shopped around in terms to of where potential name, name the teams. I, I don't, I don't actually know the teams. It was actually Ian, Ian joy who had said that, that there's there was a discussion of that um, of shopping him around just because of just the injury setbacks and maybe a frustration, even though they were the ones that proclaimed they found his injury and they had solved it um, of, of just uh, I don't, a change I don't, of environment. But I wouldn't put too much into that. Um, what I would say for sure, though, is in terms of of pressure on on the individual Gio Reyna, just to, the pressure to stay healthy, the the pressure on Christian Pulisic to get into that team. And, and not only just to get into that team, but be to be the mainstay, to be in the starting 11 consistently. I think for Brent Aronson, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself because this is the Premier League. Now, you've had some some moments in preseason, but that's mm-hmm. preseason. Mm-hmm. It's a whole nother beast once the Premier League starts. So you you have the pressure to, one, impress your, your teammates. Obviously, you know Jesse Marsh believes in you, but you have to win over the fans and your teammates. There, that's a lot of pressure to start the, the mm-hmm. campaign. Same with Tyler Adams, the same – they're in the same bucket in terms of proving themselves at that level. So you have a lot of pressure on yourself. I'd say Serginho Dest at Barcelona. That's another player. Mm. A lot of pressure on himself to get into that team. That, that, has, La, Li- has La Liga, shown. I should just throw out there, Serie A and La Liga start the following weekend. Right. But, but uh, So we'll get into more Serginho Dest talk next week. I, I then, agree with you overall, yeah. And then um, Yunus Musa again, to, to hit the ground running, he's crushed it in preseason in a central role. So now we're talking about Look at all the players moving into the central roles. Brian Aronson into a central role. Yunus Musa into a central role. Gio Reyna. Again, it's it's come World Cup time. If they're all playing, what do you do? <laughs> do, do, you, do you have to absolutely just change the formation to fit them all in? Um, and then you have, I think, in terms of goalkeepers, right? Zach Steffen, the pressure is just on him naturally. Even though he's playing and, and, and Matt Turner's not. You have to you have to be playing at a high level every single game. So I think the pressures on on Stefan and Horvath to continue. You know, you got a shout out in the first match in the cha- in, in the championship. So continuing that, and then guys on the outside looking in, mm-hmm. I'm looking at Daryl DK. That's that's a big one. Um, 
you know, Conrad De La Fuente, he's trying to get his a loan move from Marseille, I think, to, to Liga. So if, if he were to do that or La Liga, um, that would be a, a big a, a, a big move for him because he needs playing time and he's shown he has ability and quality, but to do it consistently. Gianluca Busio, a big season uh, ahead of him. I think Mihailovic is another player, Georgi mm-hmm. Mihailovic mm-hmm. with Montreal, who's who's really been impressive. You have Shaq Moore at Nashville, Joe Scally and, and George Bello, Austin Trusty, who's kind of like sneaking, trying to sneak into into to the picture for playing in the championship and and did well his first game. Um, so I, those are those are some other names. Heath, you want to chime in on the Charlie Davies oh, show? Sure. I mean, geez, Charlie. Why, I mean, he I didn't know you were doing all, an America's Abroad. Took all the names. Uh, hey, you named uh, everybody, so you can't name I anybody mean, now. Heath. Hey, Jim, <laughs> Jim kicked us off. What do you want? <laughs> wow, gosh. I mean, I guess I only get uh, Florin Balogun is the only player that Charlie didn't mention. So, uh, who I am excited about, uh, only because of the fact that, like, he hasn't declared. He's only coming off of, I think it was, where was he at? Middlesbrough or something like that, right? On loan last year, was it Middlesbrough? Mm-hmm. Um, and and played well, scored a few goals in the championship, and now is going to is it Reims, Charlie? Is that how it's pronounced? Reims, yeah, Reims, Reims. Mm-hmm. Um, which he's twenty one, and I think uh, twenty one is is still plenty young, but it's not young in the sense of the quality that I've seen him have in the reserve matches that I saw him play, and the few times that he he made an appearance for the first team at, at Arsenal. So he's one that I'm like interested to see where is he going to find his feet as a professional. Is this the place? Is he going to have a breakout year? And and we're you know we're seeing that again with um, with um, what's his name going to Rangers from Bayern Munich. These players need to establish as 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 young professionals. And so for me, Balogun is one where maybe in the next six months you could see some conversations being had. Again, I think it might be too late uh, if he wanted to play for the national team to get into the World Cup. But if he has a blinder of a season, you know who knows. Yeah, Balogun is uh, playing for Reims against Marseille this particular weekend. That game is on Sunday. And it will be on BN Sports, 2.45 p.m. kickoff Eastern time. Now, Conrad de la Fuente plays for Marseille, but apparently he's rumored to be going back on loan to La Liga. Obviously came from or from Barcelona to Marseille. Now we might be heading back with Real Valladolid. And I think that might be a good move for him to go back to a league that maybe he had more success and feels more comfortable. So keep an eye out for Conrad de la Fuente, another player that's out on the fringes. It's interesting for me how, how this... This is going to go. I actually want to talk about leads because there's a couple interesting components to this particular one. Brendan Aronson, as you mentioned, playing centrally for leads, picking up the ball in those areas and, and what that means for the national team and his role moving forward. Tyler Adams, most likely starting at a double six against Wolves uh, with Mark Rocha, who came over from Bayern Munich. So I think all four or four of the five new signings for Leeds. Uh, Sinistera is going to be out with an injury, but and Ras, uh, Rasmus Christensen should be the right back. So you have Roca, Adams, and then Aronson in midfield, and then uh, or maybe a little bit out wide, but tucking in centrally, and then Christensen at uh, the right back position, who also played at RB Salzburg with Aronson. So I'm curious to see what Jesse Marsh does. Against is this a Leeds podcast, Jimmy? Is this a Leeds podcast? No, but yeah, I wanted I, to get into it. I thought so it. too, Heath. I was yeah, curious. All right, all right. I'm just giving some context. <laughs> People know what's what. But, but Wolves had the best defense in the Premier League last season outside of the top four. And I feel like that's going to be a great exercise for Aronson and Patrick Bamford and everybody around him. How are they going to break down a very organized team under Bruno Lage, the, the manager of Wolves? And then conversely, how do they slow Wolves down, who did have trouble scoring goals, but Leeds shipped 79 goals, second worst in the Premier League last season. So I'm very curious to see what version of Jesse Marsh, now that he's had time to get fingerprints all over this team with the summer, 
are going to do. So that game, Leeds versus Wolves, is happening. I'm watching that one for sure. And that's really my next question to both of you. And Charlie, I'll come to you first. Let's take out the pressure. Let's take out like the most eyes. Which one are you most just excited to watch? Which game or players are you excited to watch? Leeds versus Wolves kicks off at 10 a.m. Eastern on the Peacock on Saturday. Go ahead, Charlie. You know, I've always been an Arsenal fan, but Crystal Palace Arsenal is, is not uh, the game I'm looking forward to. I, I would say if I had to pick one, um, it's the Leeds United Wolves game just because of uh, yeah. of all the Americans that are involved in that game. So um, for me, that that's that stands out of the of the Premier League games. Okay. All right, that's a good one. Any, how about you, Heath? Any player like like one that you want to watch? You have like a, I know Ricardo Pepe's out there because you you've been hyping him up from the very beginning. But but yeah, it's more my reputation that's on the line than anything. <laughs> like I gotta, I'm, I, it's like when you when you just keep on doubling down on the bets, you know, because eventually I'm gonna break even here if I if but I need him to deliver. But uh, I mean, when I'm thinking about this weekend, it's it's man, it's 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 tough to say because I, I think Joe Scally is again probably gonna play a with Stefan Lehner back uh, a bit part role this season. So I don't I'm not sure if there's there's a big moment for him. I got a Joe um, Scally card, by the way. Just did you? Yeah, so did I. So did I. You know, maybe uh maybe they're more uh common than we think, but um <laughs> that's yeah, a good it, one. It's you know, uh, man. It's just so I, I I keep going back to probably Leeds just because there's so many implications there. The 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 with Jesse Marsh with obviously the two Americans in there and just the importance of those guys establishing because it's a weird dynamic, right? And I don't want there to be some sort of dynamic shift between them that we're going to find one of them buried because of the pressures of the media who's going to absolutely crush Jesse Marsh if he starts two Americans and they get battered in one of their first few games kind of what comes with that so um yeah I uh so, I, so uh, I, I'm actually surprised I mean Everton versus Chelsea is interesting because Christian Pulisic notably uh there's a person I follow on Twitter who went to the Chelsea Superstore and there's no promotional stuff around Christian Pulisic at all which is an interesting choice and I know that those choices are well I know those choices are made months in advance right they got to get all that stuff printed and, and up and ready to go but it, it's almost like they felt like he wasn't going to be around this September store is where in london it's a, it's a, it's connected to stanford bridge okay yeah yeah so, i mean so i don't it's just interesting if it was the u.s superstore you know read then, into yeah. it read it i don't know yes but it's just interesting that there there wasn't any he, hype. it felt like there had been some hype around him obviously prior to that yeah i, I mean it, i think that's it's clear he he's not the guy I mean, Raheem Sterling, I'm sure there's a bunch of things around him. Kai Havertz, Mason Mount. Those are the guys that they are promoting. Dude, he wears the number 10 shirt, Charlie. You I know. Promote the number 10. That, that's my point. He he hasn't been respected. We all think he should be playing every week. And when he was has shown that he's at his best and he's fit, he's clearly, their, for me, their best attacking player. Mm-hmm. He has the most influence. However... It hasn't been consistent. He, a lot of the times it comes down to injury or he's the first scapegoat if things aren't going well. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't think he necessarily gets the credit he deserves with that with that club. OK, so it's not then, that's not a surprise yeah. to me. No, no, no. And I, 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 I guess we, let's go down this route first and then we'll get into Fulham versus Liverpool, because what a what a welcome to the Premier League for Anthony Robinson. I think Tim Ream's going to get the start in this one, too, because Liverpool usually pretty good in the first game of the season. Yeah, well, for most games of the season, let's be honest. But let's fin- let's finish this Pulisic conversation because it's interesting, Heath. What what does he do? Because the transfer window is still open. 
and he has a couple weeks left before anything has to be officially decided. If he's not playing in those first few weeks, you would you encourage him as his dad on Twitter <laughs> to 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 leave, or do you feel like I got I got to just lock in and stay in here? It's going to be harder to adjust somewhere else and, and and learn a new system and play in a new league or whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough because again you go back to it and on paper that would be the right thing to do, but there's a much bigger equation because of how much they spent on him and the value that they think they can get out of him. If you can get 30 games out of him as one of your depth players, phenomenal. If you're not going to get the, the ROI on a transfer out, you're going to have to eat some costs. Now, Chelsea have notoriously eaten costs over the years for, for a lot of players that they brought in through their loan systems and things like that. Um, Matt Miazga being one that, that they're just going to have to eat, which it wasn't too much money. But yeah, I think in a perfect world, you, you, you've got to move on. But we've talked about this a number of times of where's the right club for him? Who can afford him? You know, what's the right situation for him to fit into and, and settle into? I do think Pulisic is ready for a new challenge where he comes in as the starter and it's his spot to lose, but there's competition within the team. I think that would be great for him uh, as opposed to this situation where I, I I felt this in my career, not at, not at a Chelsea, but I felt it where I feel... Um, no matter what I do, like it's the Balotelli kind of why always me. Like I'm sort of, I, no matter what I do, it doesn't matter. I could have my best performance ever. I'm not going to start the next weekend. And I feel like he's probably broken that barrier enough times to where he feels like the, the cards are against him. So how is he ever going to get the most out of himself in that situation? Okay, let's play a speculation game because I love these. Why wouldn't we do these? So if you're watching live on YouTube, hit us up with your thoughts in the comments. And if you're listening to this later on, hit us up on Twitter, the ISWT pod. I want your opinions. Charlie, I'm going to come to you first. You're on the hot of the hottest seats right now. Let's play out three months, three plus months until the World Cup starts. Brendan Aronson's absolutely tearing it up for Leeds. Christian Pulisic's not playing much for Chelsea. First game against Wales at the World Cup. Do you start Brendan Aronson over Christian Pulisic and bring Pulisic off the bench like Thomas Tuchel had been doing the rest of the season? Do you, do you have do, the balls? I, w- I would do the that. The courage. Yes, yes would that. I would do that. And, and I'm, I am Woo! one of the biggest fans of, of Christian Pulisic. You think but you are? I'm, I'm realistic here. <laughs> I'm, I, I've, been in, I've been in that situation. If you're not playing, your confidence is low. Your fitness is low. You cannot go from not playing at all to playing in a World Cup. It, it does, doesn't work like that. You, you need to have confidence. You need to be sharp. You are going to be catching up as you're going through World Cup camp. You're just not putting yourself in the best position to have success. Now, coming off the bench, you could be a game changer. So if Brent Aronson is doing it and he's playing every week in the Premier League, he deserves to be on the field. So if you had to move somebody and everyone else is unmovable because of their their form, whether that is Gio Reyna, whether that is uh, Eunice Musa and Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams, if everything is set and the striker position set, Jesus Ferrer or Ricardo Pepe, whoever is killing it, you and Christian Pulisic is not playing, then he comes off. That that's just how it goes. I I would be able to. It's easy for me to say that sitting here, but I I would I would assume you both being players would would make the same move. I I I would most likely make the same move. Uh unless there were I guess the only caveat is that unless Pulisic had been doing 
really well and looking really sharp in his you know super sub appearances with Chelsea. Oh, now Heath, now I'm he's going to start throwing in I'm all these other things. That, oh, no, no, but no, no, he no, comes Charlie. in off the bench and does all yeah. these step overs. And, Charlie, Charlie, and he's Charlie, smiling Charlie. every day, Charlie. He's smiling. You know, you can see that he feels good. <laughs> he you never smiles. That. He, he smiles sometimes when he's. You know, sometimes you get that feeling, Charlie, where you just look at somebody, you know that they've got it in them. You know, maybe they're not playing. Oh, come on. We've had plenty of coaches, whether for our national team system or we've heard around the world that they've got that gut feeling that this guy's really going to show up and play. I'm just saying that 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 would be maybe the one narrative that could give a hook into to Greg Berhalter. But ultimately, yes, Charlie, I agree with you. Heath, where, where are you on, on this? If, if, if it does play out this way, what the crazy sad part about this is, it could play out this way. I mean, it would be awesome for Brendan Aronson. I want him, obviously. And I want Pulisic to play as well and, and kick and kill it, of course. But, but this, is a, this is a real possibility. So I'm kind of curious as to your thoughts as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I agree with Charlie on this, which is, it's a, it's a tough thing to say. Uh, agree with Charlie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just tough to agree with Charlie just because I know that, like, what that'll do to his ego and, and w- where we have to go from here. Um, but no, I mean, I it, it's it's a tough thing to say because it is it is a real possibility, right? And it is something that we could potentially be be facing. But come World Cup time, we need players that are confident and informed. But Brendan Aronson is going to have a ton of challenges, right? Like, in the, in the coming two months of whether or not he starts and that's going to be judged. I don't know. Maybe Jesse Marshall will be happy enough with Brendan Aronson being like owning all these stat lines that are beyond XG, right. That aren't just assists and goals that you see on, on a stat sheet, but are about chances created and balls won in uh, high areas and all the things that he actually led most players in Europe or a lot of players. He was like at the top of those lists. Um, but to be a top premier league player for a club that might be fighting not top Premier League player, but for a top player in a club that might be fighting relegation all year, could be a very different look for a Brendan Aronson than, than perhaps we would have seen him when he was controlling the game and controlling the ball, playing Champions League for 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 um, for um, Salzburg. Yeah, Salzburg. I just want to run through Leeds's like first eight game. Pretty pretty manageable, I would say. Not I'm going to say easy. That's that's the kiss of death. They got Wolves at home. They go away to Southampton. Home to Chelsea. Is going to be an interesting one in game three, match day three. Away to Brighton, home to Everton, away to Brentford, home to Nottingham Forest, and then away to United Villa. It gets a little bit harder but that's uh, a, after that. But that's, that's a pretty, a, that's a, pretty that's manageable. a good way to ease yourself into the Premier League. Not only for Jesse Marsh, but also as it pertains to to Brendan Aarons in particular, and of course, Tyler Adams. So, so yeah, I think Jesse Marsh could be uh, definitely going to be judged on these first seven or eight games as well as the American players there. Now, let's talk a little bit of full versus Liverpool before, before, before we you take go there our, though Jimmy yeah how, how much is Leeds paying you for this podcast <laughs> no way my positivity just overflows I, there's so many guys there <laughs> yeah isn't there a strong U.S. investment from from Leeds isn't there like eventually who, who who what's the American ownership group behind Leeds that's can, like buying more and more uh equity and how did you get into that group Jimmy yeah, well, I think it's the 49ers, and I can't confirm or deny anyone. Oh, wow, Bay Area guy, say, huh? Listen, listen Dave, Dave says I'm, I'm, all, I'm a big Leeds fan all of a sudden. Two things for you. One, usually we only have one American at a particular club. We've got three, so I've got three times the excitement for this particular club. That's one. Second, if you go back to my league preview that I dropped on my YouTube channel, shameless plug alert, I have Leeds finishing in 12th. So, you know, pipe down in there, okay? Pipe down, mm-hmm. Dave, okay? All right? I got you. I see you. And and I'm still going to be realistic, but those first eight games, I think, are pretty manageable. Now let's talk about Fulham versus Liverpool because as much as I, Tim Ream, 34-year-old, had he's had a couple times, um, I think they've had five straight years of going up and going down. They're like the number one yo-yo club in Premier League, or at least recent Premier League history. 
And it doesn't look good for them to stay up this time. So it's going to be six straight years of going up and going down. But Tim Ream aside, let's talk about Anthony Robinson because he is going to be going up against most of law in, in this particular game. And I want to see how he does, not only in terms of how he defends 1v1, which I think we could say isn't the best at times. And it's not because he can't do it. My thing about defending is it's just a willingness and a desire to want to do it. And he's going to have to be up for it in, in this regard. And then obviously his discipline of when to go forward and when to drop off. They scored 106 goals, Fulham, in the championship last year. The last time they were in the Premier League, they only scored 27. And Nottingham Forest killed it. Uh, excuse me, not Nottingham Forest. Norwich City killed it in the championship. The year before, they got 97 points. Fulham got 90. Then Norwich had a terrible season last year. So the jump is not going to be easy. But I'm very curious to see how Anthony Robinson plays in particular charlie anything from this game i mean what if tim ream kills it let's go speculation thing. this would is you, his 12 bring him in this is his 12th year in the in england and his fourth it's weird to say his fourth stint in the premier league who's this tim uh, ream tim ream yeah he's been it, in england for 12 years that's crazy 12 years yeah good for him incredible yeah, incredible career for tim ream uh and, he, and he's a good he's a good person so i, I want to see him succeed it, it but let's be realistic at the same in the in the same breath this is going to be a tough test for Fulham. Liverpool are coming and they have weapons across. Uh, I mean, let alone the front line, the whole, the whole, the whole team. So, in terms of an early test for Anthony Robinson and Tim Ream, yeah, this is as tough as it gets. They, it really doesn't get more difficult. So, um, I, I think for us, it's it's just watching how Anthony Robinson reacts, how he anticipates the movement of Mo Salah. He he's an athletic freak, Anthony Robinson. Yeah, but Chief that Ford, doesn't, that doesn't, Chief Ford, that that's it. it. The best way to not get exposed is to just be high and wide all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, allow, yeah, no, allow, he, allow those those double pivots to come on over. You oh know what boy, I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just, just tracking just, back. Just let Tim uh, Tim Ream be isolated with Darwin Nunez and and anybody else. That's you can't spin me if I'm having to chase you down every time because somebody lost the ball on my team and I was in a really good spot high up the field. You know? Yeah, and then it, you're down four nil, and it's just like, hey. It's, it's not me. <laughs> There's a good shout from Christopher Walken. Shout out to, to his continued support for the podcast. He says we that we might have a major blind spot for Tim Ream. What if he starts playing really, really well and we just need it for three games in the World Cup? Keith, is that something that you would consider if Tim Ream just really brings that steadiness, is which is what we probably need from a defensive perspective anyway? Or do you think that it's this is it's passive at this point. And honestly, this goes for John Brooks, but John Brooks needs to sign for a team before we can have that. Yeah, I, I mean, I would take John Brooks a thousand times over Tim Ream at this point. Tim Ream was actually the John Brooks before the John Brooks in terms of <laughs> exactly playing regularly, right. playing consistently, but no longer what uh, was was deemed to be at the international speed or capable of playing uh, in an international system, uh, speed of play, that sort of thing. Because Tim Ream unbelievable passer of the ball like fantastic always has been very very good on the ball but he lacks that speed he lacks that uh some of that stuff charlie's now taking a phone call um, <laughs> and he's gonna have to run but but yeah like literally tim ream love him like charlie said fantastic guy he's had an unbelievable career and to grind it out the way that he has is amazing but uh, i'm sorry guys the plane is leaving and i gotta go right. <laughs> of course yeah, that's fine <laughs> Charlie Davies, All everybody, right. got to get on his private. Uh, Bruce Arena said, "It's time, or we're leaving you." Charlie, All right. Charlie. All right. So, so All right, Chuck guys. Wagon is out. See you later, Chuck Wagon. He's apparently taking his private jet to his yacht, which yeah. which must be nice. Uh, well, is he going into Orlando? So he keeps the yacht, I think, in my Miami. But um, that's but, a, uh, fly, that's, fly into Orlando, you yeah, know, one sure, of the private sure. terminals. But why not? But yeah, but with, with Tim Ream, I don't I don't see there being a shout. I think maybe two years ago. 
he was still sort of flirting on the edge. And I think the team's just moved on from him, mm-hmm. which is always funny because he's been one of the few guys that for 10, 12 years now has consistently played in the championship or the Premier League. Like I said, it's going, this will be his fourth season in the Premier League, but it's consistently played at a high level. And Fulham is not a small club. Bolton is not a small club uh, when they were in the championship as well. Th- those are like legitimate clubs. It's not like you're talking about some team that came up from League One and you're trying to survive in championship. These are championship teams fighting to get into the Premier League every year. And there's a real pressure and quality to, to his game. I just don't see it being worthwhile more now than it was before to come back into the into the national team. Yeah, I guess uh, the proof is in the pudding, as they say. If he goes out there and kills it, it's going to be hard not to at least have him in the conversation. Tim Ream played a lot of games and started a lot of games in the he championship killed it last, last year. Season but like, Marcus what's Bilba. the difference? Like, I, I know. Like, I, well, that's Premier where he League, had the chance to kill it, though. The Premier League is the difference because every time he's taken that step in particular, it hasn't necessarily worked out right. well for him. So we're just going to have to wait and see. I have to wait and see on a lot of these guys. It's getting into the sink or swim time. We have more games to break down, but we're going to take our first and only break of In Soccer We Trust. So do not go anywhere. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Cream Cheese Conrad alongside Hollywood Heath Pierce. Unfortunately, Charlie Chuckwagon Davies legitimately had to leave to go catch a flight on his private jet. I don't know if it's his private jet or not, but uh, he's definitely doing something special with his family. We hope he has a good time. We've got a lot of games to watch. and We have a couple more to preview, Heath, and I actually want to get into the MLS side of things. And I wish he was here to speak about Brendan Vasquez because apparently Chivas Guadalajara is interested in getting Brandon Vasquez, but went on transfer market, the website, saw that he was only valued for 550K. They were willing to do that. And Cincinnati's like 5 million. And they were like, what are you talking about? 5 million transfer market says 550K. That's insane that you'd have a professional club looking at transfer market, a website to get valuations on players. I feel like there's got to be some other system behind the scenes that's going to give you <laughs> a little bit better value or better understanding of what players value, especially in MLS moving forward. But there's one player in particular that really stood out for me. We hadn't had a chance or, or, uh, we, we've had guests on recently, and, and shout out to Steve Chirondolo for coming on again uh, yesterday for us, LAFC coach. But Aaron Long really stood out for me recently because they played the Colorado Rapids at home. He scored in this game. He's the captain of the Red Bulls. He's got a very young team on his hands. And, and we saw it against Austin FC not too long ago either. And when they play in the Open Cup, they have shipped a lot of goals. I believe they gave up four to Austin FC. Then they gave up five to Orlando. And they just gave up five to Colorado at home, and he's the captain. And, and that kind of troubles me a little bit as a former center back, Keith, because I know he's got a young team around him, and that's one of their strengths, but also can be as a, as a weakness. They do high press a lot, but it's his job 
to keep shit together, man, to, to keep organized and put people mm -hmm. in good spots to put out fires before they start. And when you're giving up this many goals in consecutive games, it's not just on you, but because you're wearing the captain's armband, because of the position you have on the field, you got to lock that up. That's, that's your job is to worry more than just about yourself. Now, I'm excited he scored. I'm, I'm excited he looks like he's getting back to full health. And I'm coming in hard at him right here, but but I have expectations. I don't just because you have talent. If you can't organize your back line, I wouldn't play you in a World Cup because that is going to carry over. It really will carry over. And and yes, maybe that's easier. And I said this before, Heath, where sometimes it's easier to play for the national team because everybody's so good at their job. You really only have to worry about yourself. Sure, you can say a couple yeah. of things, but guys are so intuitive and their IQ for the game is so high. You don't have to hold as many hands as you do at the club level, especially when you have a young team. But I'm not putting this all on him. It's, it's, it's not, but I think there's an element of it that he has to solve. So his game this particular weekend against a DC United team who just signed Christian Benteke, by the way, I don't know how much that's going to help him, but we can, we can hope fingers crossed and hope that, that uh, they can get it figured out. And that's obviously a good team to get, try to get it figured out. Anyway, that was a Jimmy Connor yeah. podcast. Let's take it. Yeah. Over <laughs> yeah. No, I, look, I, I remember going back to a moment in my career that actually made it to where I ended up retiring and going to work with you at, at uh, kick TV, Jimmy was, was I was at Gothenburg in Sweden and the got in there, right? Preseason playing really well. Um, and then the season started and I remember setting these goals. I had a great conversation with Jurgen Klinsmann about like, Hey, I'm going back to Europe. I'm going for a try. I'm going to make a run of this. Right. And, and this will make sense in a second, but the, what I went through during that period wasn't whether or not I could play at Gothenburg, um, who uh, are were, were a great team, a lot of good young players. It was realizing that I could no longer do the things that I knew I needed to do to get back to the national team level. Now, whether you get called up or not, that's different. But because I had gone through the injuries, my hip surgery and things like that, I knew physically I was at a point where I had to actively communicate my brain to my body to do things um, that would need to be done to play at, 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 a, at a higher level. Now I, you can get away with that at, at, I think at times in, in, in MLS and you can get away with that stuff, but not at the national team level. Right. And so the, the hesitation to make decisions when you're not in the best of form or you don't fully trust your body is the difference as a defender of, of, making plays, which you're mm -hmm. paid to do. That's your job is to just constantly make plays to organize, make the game around you, but keep your team in games. And it seems like there's still a bit that piece missing from him is that, that, that true confidence of being fully unlocked, right? If you watch him, he's got the speed to recover. He's got the ability to make plays, but does he have that? Is his brain connected with his body and the confidence at a point where he can, without thinking, make the plays that need to be made because that at the international level, Ends in a goal. Maybe MLS, yeah, okay, you're getting scored on a bunch right now. But, you know, you're playing like any sort of league. You maybe get away with one or two. They don't finish the chances or a mistake that happens or or whatever. You stay in games. But at the international level, if, if you have any of that hesitance, and it was a realization to me that I was like, okay, my goal was to get back to the national team. Mm -hmm. I realized I cannot do that. My body, mind, everything was just like not working together anymore that could get me mentally to that level that I feel like that part is still missing with him. And then you add that, Jimmy, to, to the fact that his team is giving up a lot of goals. Now, you've been in games, Jimmy, where your team ships three goals or ships four goals, and you're like, man, I literally thought I had a pretty good game. Uh, how has this happened, right? It's a set piece. It's a corner kick. It's a, 
it's a, in the run of play and a counterattack or a bad turnover from your other center back leads to a, like there, there are those outlier situations that happen where you're like, man, I'm going to look really bad here, but I don't remember that really being the case. But when it happens over and over again, that's no longer an outlier, right? It's no longer this thing that happened in an isolated situation. It's a number of those things that there's just no way of avoiding that you're being involved in one is the captain and two organizing, mm-hmm. organizing that to prevent those things from happening. Okay. I just want to make a bit of an amendment here against the game or Austin FC. He, the game ended four, three in favor of the Red Bulls, but he went off at halftime when they were up two one. outside of that though, okay. he was played the 90 minutes in the five, one loss to Orlando city. They were up one zero. It's another thing about holding leads also against Colorado Rapids in the last game. He played all 90 minutes and they were up two zero. Then they were up three, one and they ended up losing five, four. That just, it just, there's still an element of, okay, to your point, I might've played well, but I'm not raising the game of the guy around me. And I think that's a really important quality and attribute for a center back or any leader, right? It's not just him as a center back, also as captain. How this is now somewhat becoming a, a theme for this particular club who clearly have the talent. So what are they missing? What are they lacking? And so, yes, am I holding them to a higher standard? I think we have to, because we're thinking about this guy starting for us at the World Cup. And Greg Berhalter should be looking at him this critically as well. That That's what I hope the expectation is, is that there is, and we know that he's fond of, of Aaron Long. We all want to see him come back and play well. But these are the intangibles that I think are going to determine the fine margins at the highest levels. Because Heath, you and I both know, you play against the best teams at the World Cup, right? You play them in big games. It's the it's the fine margins that ultimately separate whether you win or lose or, or get the draw when maybe you should have won. You know, so, so, these things need to be sorted out. And so that that gives me a little bit of worry. And I just wanted to throw him out there as someone that I'm paying attention to because if it we're really like you want to throw him right out there. Nah, the I'm not throwing, the no, not out of the player pool. I'm just using him as an example of just because maybe there are not as many eyes on MLS doesn't mean that you can't be held to a higher standard. All right. No, I fully also, agree with you. I fully the, agree with you there. The Timbers versus Dallas. You got Jesus Ferreira, Paul Ariola, Sebastian Legette just got traded from New England Revolution to Dallas. He requested the move and Bruce Arena. Uh, allowed it to happen. Eric Williamson is another one who I think is a possibility, assuming like a Kellen Acosta or whatever gets hurt. So he needs to be sharp with the outside chance that he can make it happen. Still bummed that he got hurt when he had a pretty good gold cup for us last summer. Let's go over to Scotland really quick because you have Malik Tillman and James Sands hopefully getting the start for Rangers against Kilmarnock. That game is on at 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. It's not on TV that I can find. You got Ethan Horvath and Zach Steffen both playing in the championship also at 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. Uh, Burnley Luton Town with Horvath will be on ESPN plus Zach Steffen one will be not that's QPR versus Middlesbrough Mark McKenzie I want to get your thoughts on him taking Gank, Gank taking on uh, Upin I think it's it's pronounced in Belgium and uh, Gio Reyna we already d- discussed let's see there was one more that I wanted to oh yeah you got Cameron Carter Vickers so Cameron Carter Vickers uh, Celtic going away to play Ross County that game is also at 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. No TV that I can I can find. Team Aware, though. We haven't talked about Team Aware. Obviously, finished the season red hot in Liga for Lille last year. Now, two seasons ago, they won the title. Last season, they were, I don't know, 31 points off the top or something <laughs> crazy. I mean, they were way behind the winners, PSG. They really struggled and finished middle of the table. But Tim Aware finished very, very strong. He had three goals and an assist in his last, I think, five or six games. So... I want to see how he does against Auxerre. That's on BN Sports on Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern. So Team Away is one that we need to keep an eye on. Uh, got Busio and Tanner Tesman playing for Venezia in the Coppa Italia versus Ascoli. That's on at 11.45 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. 
And then Daryl DK, he's our only Monday U.S. men's national team representative. He's taking uh, taking on Watford with West Brom. That game will be on at 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus on Monday. So some big, big games here. Anybody else kind of stand out here from on the, I'd say the fringes, but any of these other players that we haven't discussed yet? I'm just waiting for uh, the lineups to get confirmed for for today's. Uh, I want to, yeah, just see if Chris know, Richards just, starts. Just tell me if Chris Richards. Just refresh. Uh, yeah, refresh. Just, just we're gonna keep running this show for another uh, at least 14 minutes to make sure that we can get that uh, that that update in. But no, um, when I'm thinking about this weekend, uh, a lot of MLS guys I think are are are, are really important. Just so a kickoff to the season in in. Europe will give us some indicators, right? You've now gone through an entire preseason when we talk about Ricardo Pepe, um, talk about Joe Scali, talk about Gio Reyna uh, from the Bundesliga standpoint. Um, Timo Weah, though, is one that I think is a great uh, talking point because of the fact that he is going to have to increase his output in terms of goals and assists if he wants to be a starting winger for a club the size of, uh, uh, of um, Lille. In in France now they're not a massive club, but they've had an incredible run over the last few years. Kind of yeah. fa- phasing phasing or fading out. Lost their coach after winning the championship, and then sort of last year settling into more what I think is a more re- realistic role after after being in the Champions League. But what what I what I think it's really important is that we've got guys like Brendan Aronson to Timo Weah. Brendan Aronson can get away with a lot more because of the intangibles of his game, right? Again, the pressing, the balls won in high positions that lead to goals, you know, initiating attacks, uh, certain things like that that you can measure uh, if you're a coach internally. But for Timo Weah, he's such an out-and-out winger that there's got to be a final product. Now, I could put it on the goal line for you, Jimmy, and you don't finish it. That's not my fault, and you're going to be able to see that. (laughs) Um, I mean, I know if I put it on your head, you got a chance, but on your foot, maybe not, Jimmy, you know? That's fair. Um, fair. But but I've missed uh, I've missed a few sitters in my career. I'm not gonna lie. uh, I mean, everybody has, and so it's not always black and white. But I do want to see an increased product, just in measurable stats from him this year. Right? I think he was red hot at the end of the year, but he scored his first goal of the season. um, Yes. I don't know. Like it took him like four weeks. Yeah, four (laughs) weeks left in the season. season. (laughs) Um, And to be able to see that come together and something more of a complete package for a striker that has so much potential to him that we've seen in the national team whether that's the ball to Christian Pulisic for a goal, the goal that he scored against Jamaica. Mm-hmm. We've seen that he has the ability to have that final product at an, a very world-class or world-class adjacent or potential level. I want to see that come through over a season where maybe you're getting him in the 5 to 10 goals, 5 to 10 assists uh, world. If you can have you know, 10 to 15 goal assists co- combined, I think it's a really, really great stepping stone for him. And one that we can kind of look at him as a as a much more measurable uh, winger in terms of the quality of play of the league and and his ability to kind of what's the upside that he has in the future. So he's one that I I want to have a good first week, but also establish himself as a starter for the whole season. Yeah, and yeah. then prove that through through things that aren't just you know um, being being a, a dangerous attacker on the field that creates space for other players. What more can we get out of him? I mean, what what. Because he's not been, coming on our podcast. He said that online. He's not doing any more podcasts. So well, well, what's what's of interest to me with regard to to Timo Weah and Lille is where he starts because he scored his first goal when he was in the nine spot. And mm-hmm. he had his best goal slash assist contributions playing higher up the field. And very similar to now Edin Tursich, the manager of Bruce Dortmund, saying that publicly that Gio Reyna is going to probably play more centrally. Are we going to see something similar with Team Away where he starts to get away from being an out-and-out winger, which is where I think we have him slotted to start, 
at this particular moment and maybe moving into a nine spot or maybe they play two up top as they have done before with Barack Yilmaz as his strike partner. So lots to to look after. I mean, that's why this first weekend is super exciting. I hope that everybody listening and watching makes some time and maybe you can be our correspondents and report back to us on Monday's podcast for In Soccer mm-hmm. We Trust. We'll go live at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern to get everybody's thoughts on how everybody did. A little good weekend, bad weekend for uh, – for Good weekend. We trust. <laughs> yeah, that's my big TV shout out for everybody. Uh, there is one more game happening with an American we haven't talked about yet, and that's happening today. Eintracht Frankfurt, who are the reigning Europa League winners, so they finished 11th in Bundesliga last season, taking on Bayern Munich today. Now, from a Canadian perspective, good to see Alfonso Davies getting the start. So it'll be very interesting to see how he plays, especially because Sadio Mane is also starting up top and how they're going to look to combine and where Alfonso Davies is going to set up. If he's going to be a wingback or, or what that looks like. But Timothy Chandler, a former U.S. international who I have that, that card as well. Yeah. We're going to get into our cards and our final thoughts okay. here. But Timmy Chandler, though older, has a lot of experience. And he plays for Eintracht not starting today, but did sign a, a contract extension that should keep him at the club until he retires. So congratulations to him on that. Obviously, he's had a very, very solid career. And we probably don't talk about him enough. Now, I feel like he falls in the Tim Ream camp. We haven't seen him in a long time. I don't think he's going to get into the player pool unless he blows up and him not starting today doesn't help that. But I just wanted to give him a shout out because he uh, has definitely has some caps for us and and uh, played a big role for us in, in certain games. So I just yeah, wanted to. to and he, he's only 32. So technically, he could still be in the national team. He could. 29, 29 caps, but just sort of hasn't been in the mix. Played a bit part role last year on the Europa League run of, of, of Frankfurt. I think 17 league matches. Yeah. Uh, for him, which 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 is good and 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 a squad player. And again, if if you had told me ten years ago we've got a guy playing seventeen matches uh, in a Bundesliga season, that's a national team player, right? Right, um, right, right. But but now I think you're able to look beyond that, knowing that you've got a potential of players. Not to say anybody should be written off because if they have the form and the quality, you know, it's funny, Jimmy, because I I actually want to get into this uh, soon. Of all of the dual nationals that we lost to Mexico. Who could be the biggest help or support or somebody that we could use uh, in our national team now in terms of some of our uh, some of our issues of 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 I guess Funes Mori could have played for the U.S. Um, Are you saying all time? Are you saying currently? Just like currently playing now that could be in support of our national team. You got Jonathan uh, Gonzalez, who's 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 a center back. I you mean, know, we're looking at Julian Araujo could be depth on a right back position when we we're talking about Sergio Des because we don't currently have de- yeah we have. DeAndre Yedlin, but you know, a younger Cannon. player in Rajo. Yeah, Cannon. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, but like again, um is there is there an argument there? I mean, Raul Jimenez would be I, I would love to see Raul Jimenez as our number nine, just to see how much he would enjoy it. You know, I think that he looks a little Raul Jimenez is a Raul Jimenez? The number nine for Wait, Mexico. But he's a dual national? Oh, he's not, but I'm just saying. Oh, I thought you meant you're just making up a dream, dream scenarios here. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to do that the whole show, man. Like all the speculation. I'm talking about our current national team, dual nationals Uh, that that chose to play for Mexico. Um, and and uh, you know, and um, knowing that we've got some situations in our national team where we don't have as much depth. Is there any players that you're like, yeah, that would, would have been nice at the moment. I'm not no. really seeing tons. No, I'm not, I'm not either. Not like I, an instant shoe in like pool players. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but. yeah, sure. That would provide depth and, and we would challenge for spots, but nobody that would out and out be like, Oh my God, that was such a big loss for us. You know, that's, that's in any way, in, in many ways, I feel like we've done the opposite. I mean, getting desks, Eunice Musa, you know, that's, those are 
huge giant W's. And I think that's also helped us attract Efra Alvarez. Alvarez. Efra Alvarez. I, mean, I, I like Alvarez. I do. I like his game a lot. And I wonder how he and where he would slot into our system where we could get the most out of him. I think yeah. sometimes the Galaxy is probably looking to do that uh, as well. But but I, that's a good question. And maybe we need to dedicate a whole podcast to that. But oh, uh, right now, like instantly thinking about this, I don't think there's any dual nationals that I'm from a Mexican American standpoint sure. that I'm sure. sad about losing. At some point, that will happen. Mm-hmm. But But as of right now, there's nobody I'm too sad about. Okay. Also, also one last thing, actually, because this is big news. Matt Miazga is coming back yeah. from a center back position. He's he's coming back to MLS after leaving the Red Bulls to go to Chelsea and then basically be on loan until now. He's going back to FC Cincinnati. Do you think that helps him at all to in the player pool? Because he has been way out, way, way out. Yeah, then then we'll mean, get into final thoughts because we got a lot I, of tops cards that we're looking at. I was with Matt Miazga when they first brought him in to um, the Red Bulls first team. And it was in an off-season season. It just ended. He was training with us for like a week. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, this kid is big. He's on the ball. And he's going to be so good. Obviously, he goes on to be very good and gets the transfer to Chelsea. And then from there, has really been looking for himself. Yes, he's gotten minutes along the way. But he hasn't really... He's almost lost in the world of loans, right? Which, mm-hmm. is, which is the major fear of going to um, one of the, the, the loaner clubs. So this could be a place for him to establish himself. And and when you think about Walker Zimmerman, who was out and then had a revelation and and is now sort of, you know, pretty high on our list of building our lineups in terms of not necessarily in terms of how good Walker is, but how much we need him in the national team comparative to to who's available, right? Um, because I think it's a mix of both of those things. Right. So for Matt Miazga, it could be a huge opportunity to just galvanize his career. However, he's missed a decent amount of time of of development. Uh, would love to see him come in, take over, and and uh, get another look if 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 it's warranted. But would have loved to see him be he's more only successful. Twenty seven, yeah. And and FC Cincinnati, as much as they're exciting on the attacking side of the ball, they do have a tendency of giving some goals up the other way. So Pat Noonan, yeah, look at this solidify. Yeah, it's it's good. It's an interesting signing. I think it's a win win for for both parties here. FC Cincinnati adds some quality and some MLS experience, and and obviously a player that's been around and seen some things and. Should in theory come back a well more well rounded player, so we'll see how that works out for him. And and Miyazaki he's got a chance to kind of resurrect his career in some capacity. Yeah, I mean he's been there for six. It seems like six years, I guess, uh, in Europe. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, somewhere around six, maybe seven years. Um, and and uh, he's got over a hundred games. Not not a ton of games for that amount of time. But the where you know when he was on Vitesse, he had a consistent run of form. Um, Reading, he had a consistent run of form. Andelect, consistent run of form. Alaves, uh, not so much. But um, this is an opportunity. You know, he's, he's still got he's still got miles left in the tank. But I just he, he had has had something. good performances for the national something. team as well. He he has had some good performances for the national team throughout the years. Uh, Twenty two caps for the national team. But yeah, something's got to give. I mean, if I'm Matt Miazga, I'm thinking, okay, I'm 27. The next World Cup cycle, or the next time the, the World Cup kicks off, I'll be 31. So it's kind of his last chance. here. This is his last chance. He had to do something. So he's got, he can't, he can't just be disappearing on Alavis's bench, watching other players play. He's got to go out there and make it happen. And we'll see what he does. It feels like a bit of a hail Mary, but you know, F it. Why not? Why not? And see what happens with Matt Miazga at FC Cincinnati. That'd be interesting signing along with all the other things that are happening this weekend. So make sure you make some time to watch some U S men's national team players playing in the top five leagues in Europe in MLS, lots of big action in MLS as mm-hmm. well. Now, final thoughts, Heath. We both 
are doing a little activation for tops on our social media stuff. Uh, this one is for today is around the Bundesliga. Tomorrow's International Trading Card Day, so look for something different from me then. And then we have some MLS All Star stuff coming the following week, which that game's happening on August 10th, the same day as the UEFA Super Cup. So a, a lot to dive into. But I've opened up my Bundesliga box. I was really hoping to get an Alfonso Davies signed card. I didn't get that one. My my, I got Jonas Hector was my. Well, that's my a good auto. auto. I mean, it, it might not be worth worth a lot of money, but a, a, a player who's been in the Bundesliga forever. Is it's a pretty good good pull. I'm just here for the goddamn is, money, Heath. What is he at, is he at is he at Cologne? I don't have time to look at where I he's, I don't know. Let me see where it is. Keep going. I'm trying to think of where Jonas Hector is, but for the the cards that I pulled that I Who's your best be, one? So, my favorite one, which is just a, a completely random card, is the Conrad Lamer from RB Leipzig riding on a go-kart. Oh, yeah, I have that one too. Yeah. That one's really funny to me. Um, but the best card that I got was this Erling Holland, not really applicable to 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 this show necessarily. Uh, but here's my here's my Jonas Hector. Oh, nice. So icon card. It's a Colm. Yeah, yeah. I got the um, Holland card too. But you have a refractor no, on that. I one. got the yeah. I got, you the, got purple the purple refractor Holland. Yeah, which is good. Okay, that's, that's, that's that's running about thirty bucks online right look now. It, so look good. It. I think good this one pull. though. Look at this one. Oh this wow. Is, uh, this refractor is crazy. I couldn't even find value on it on eBay because it's so hard who, to get. Who, who is it? Like a, it's uh, it's Manuel Riemann from Bochum. Okay. It's it's more just it's just the. It's so hard to get this refractor. So I'm thinking yeah. this is a like a forty to fifty dollar card, which yeah, means I'm not I sharing don't... it with anybody. Suck it, yeah. haters. There you go. I mean, my favorite card though. I mean, I got a Musiala. I got a Bellingham. Like I, I really like the young players. That's what you really are looking for, other than like a legend yeah. auto card. But the Ricardo Pepe that I got is I'm you really excited about. I got one last year. Um, uh, his it's somewhere around here. Yeah, I got I got his FC Dallas. Uh, one up here on the wall, right next to Pele and uh, and uh, Franco Baresi. Yeah, next to Franco Baresi. So like I, he's he's in uh, he's in uh, esteemed company. But did you get the nice Musiala refractor green? I, and you did. I did not. But Musiala is one that's like any Musialas are, are are worthwhile. We love the young players here. We're obviously in this young player era and uh, USMNT uh, our young USMNT history. So um, well, I'm giving away I'm giving away a free box yeah. of these Bundesliga cards. Okay, this Bundesliga Chrome Stadium card. So hit me up on Twitter or Instagram to see how you're entered to win. It's easy. Just like tag a friend and leave a comment or retweet and leave a comment. But there's some amazing cards here. So uh, really appreciate being involved with this Tops activation. Apparently, it's official now. Christian Benteke signs with DC United. Let's make that our final thought. What do you think about that move in particular? Because as much as I appreciate Wayne Rooney coming back. He's got Ravel Morrison and now he's got Christian Benteke. I didn't feel like scoring goals was their big issue. I thought it was more on the defensive side and they're not signing names to do that. What, what, are, what are your thoughts on Benteke to DC United? Time will tell. That's all I got. With <laughs> like uh, sometimes it feels and smells desperate, but it could work out. You know, I'm, I'm who knows? I mean, it could be, it could be a great, a great outcome. It could be. Or it could be an absolute dumpster fire. We've seen plenty of those in all leagues. It's not just isolated to MLS, everybody. And then I'm taking a look right now. This is my final thought. The lineups for Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. And Chris Richards is not in the starting 11. However, he is on the bench. So we'll have to wait and see how he does. They've got uh, a lot of work today against a very good Arsenal team who have been red hot in the preseason, including Gabriel Jesus. Sinchenko and Jesus both starting so that'll be very, very interesting to see. All right, everybody, that is it for In Soccer We Trust. So on behalf of producer Des, producer Alex, Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, who left early because he's got bigger and more important things to do than hanging out with us, Tier, 
But he'll be back next week. we got three episodes coming for you, as always. And, of course, on behalf of Hollywood Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Conrad saying thank you for listening and watching in Soccer We Trust. And enjoy your weekend and enjoy the games. We'll see you next week. Later. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.